0: I'm pleased to introduce our, our first speaker, and uh, Mr. Brother James Spears is going to be preaching first, and James uh, is a sixth grader in the school, and I've appreciated James' faithfulness despite some difficulties in his life, and he has uh, demonstrated a good spirit and a good attitude when I don't think I would have, and I know that what James has for us is not just uh, something he wrote down on a piece of paper. It's something that God has given to him. So James, you come and, and share with us what God has for you.
1: If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 6, 33. And while you're turning there, I would like to thank Pastor, sir, for giving me the opportunity to come here to preach tonight. And um, and also while you're turning there, um, I would also like to introduce myself more. So for those of you who don't know my name, my name is James, and I come from a small town of Wadali, Alabama. And I started coming here at this church when I was... Uh, Probably nine years old, and um, three months afterwards, I got saved, and you know, one month after that, I got baptized. So then, you know, after that, um, my brother Zach Terry, um, he started, um, I guess, encouraging me here you know, on becoming a preacher. Then. Uh, Pastor and Brother Reed started helping me uh, build sermons, and so that's pretty much how I got into the preaching. Um, The Bible says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I have three questions tonight. The first question is, what are we to seek for? Well... It's pretty obvious we are to seek for God and his kingdom. Um, I'm pretty sure many of you in here are hunters, and y'all have to use binoculars. Now, what, do you think seeking God's kingdom requires binoculars? Because I don't really think if you would just hold them up to the sky and see God. I don't think that's possible. So, um, but the second question I have is um, how are we to seek God's kingdom? Well, the Bible says, but seek ye first. So God doesn't deserve to be last in the line. He deserves to be in front. So, um have any of you um, ever, ever been in like a super long line before and um, y'all um, probably said to yourself, well, I should probably be first in the line. Well, that's not really how it works. God should be first in the line. Like, you shouldn't put your phones first. You shouldn't put um, just random books or TV shows first. God comes first. So the third and last question is why should we seek God's kingdom? Well, we should seek God's kingdom because of his grace, his mercy, and also his blessings. Ever since I got saved and baptized, God has... Has just been working in my heart, and he's been giving me blessings each and every single day. And there's even times where I don't even realize them, but um, but I'm still thinking for them. But um, the most important question I have for you all tonight is, are you seeking God's kingdom? No? Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you for this moment. Lord, I pray for everyone that's here tonight, that you just uh, work in their hearts and um, just uh, be with us all. Help us to be safe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, James. Our next speaker is Wyatt Bradshaw. And I, I say speaker, I mean preacher. And every time you see Wyatt, typically he has a smile on his face. And I love that about Wyatt. He has a sweet spirit. He's always willing to help that youth group from the, the the best task of head usher all the way down to sweeping up after youth group. And I appreciate uh his servant heartedness. And I I look forward to what he has from God's word for us to share. I I got to hear the message before, and I'm looking forward to you hearing the message as well. So once you get that on, you come up and you preach to us.
2: If you all have your Bibles, please. Is it on? <laughs> there you go, there you go. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, please, to Ephesians chapter number 6. We will be looking in verses 10 through 18. As Brother Reese said, before, My name is Wyatt Bradshaw, and I, I just want to thank Pastor and Brother East for letting me come up here tonight and share a sermon from God's Word. As I said before, we will be in Ephesians chapter number 6, verses 10 through 18. If you're there, say amen. 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 The Bible says in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, just thank you for this wonderful time, Lord. Just please give me the words to say, Lord. And just want to thank you for what you have laid upon my heart to share in front of the, our church family Lord and just want to pray that if anybody walk in here that has not has not have their does not have their armor of God on Lord help them to leave this place tonight with their armor of God on Lord and just want to please tune out all the distractions Lord and give me the words to say Lord we love you Lord in your name amen, amen. well we all know that Firefighters, police officers, and military personnel use armor. Why do they need armor? Well, firefighters need armor to protect them from fires. And police officers need their armor to prepare them for harm, harmful situations. And the military men and women need armor, armor so they won't get shot. Why do Christians need their armor? Well, well, need the armor of God. Well, in Ephesians 6, verse 11, it says... Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Christians, as, as Christians, we don't always go into physical battles with our flesh. But we fight spiritual battles. We have spiritual battles that we need to fight every single day. So the enemy is trying to send fiery darts our way. Waylon, can you please come up here so you can help me with my demonstration? on your armor of God today? That's what it looks like without your armor on. Here. Put on some armor. That's what it looks like when you have your armor on. Yes. Okay. There are seven pieces of the armor of God. Number one, the belt of truth. In Ephesians 6, 14 it says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. John 14:6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Um a belt of a belt keeps our clothes where we want them to be. putting on the belt of truth allows us to keep the rest of the armor in place, but Jesus is the truth and the most important piece of armor Amen. Number two, the breastplate of righteousness, also in ephesians six fourteen righteousness means right living, goodness that we are not capable of on our own as sinners. A breastplate covers our heart, wearing the breastplate. Protects our hearts and keeps us focused on Jesus. He, this helps us to live out God's righteousness. Number three, the gospel of peace. In Ephesians 6.15 it says, And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. This verse tells us about the shoes that are an important piece of armor. Shoes protect our feet. They also, they also allow us to go places that would be too dangerous to go, to travel without them the shoes of the gospel of peace allow, uh, allows us to take the gospel to others. Number four, the shield of faith. Ephesians 6.16 says, Above all taking the shield of faith, of, of wherewith ye will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh, uh, cometh to God must believe that he is... And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In verse 16 it tells about the shield of faith. A shield is carried with a hand. And it it is a defense weapon to protect us from weapons that that are thrust towards us from others. It can be moved to protect different parts of the body. We are told in this verse that the devil will send fiery darts our way. By, different, by having faith, we can fight the evil of the, of the arrows that Satan wants to harm us with. Number five, the helmet of salvation. In Ephesians 6.17, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word God. This reminds us of the helmet of our salvation. Our mind needs, needs protection. The helmet of salvation is a gift we are given when we put our trust in Jesus, accepting everything that he did to save us from our sins and gives us eternal life. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believeth unto him should not perish but have everlasting life. When we remind ourselves from God's word that Jesus has, what Jesus has done to save us, it reminds us the truth that protects us from Satan's lies. Number six, the sword of the spirit, also in Ephesians 6 17. The sword of the Spirit is God's word. When you are in a battle, you need a weapon. Without one, it is impossible to fight someone that has one. The devil has weapons, but his weapons cannot even come close to the sword we are given as Christians. We are when we are born again. We have to choose to pick up the sword though. If it does if it if we don't read God's word and hide it in our hearts, then it does us no good. Number 7 is prayer. Ephesians 6:18 says, "Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints." The final piece of armor of God is prayer. If it is a powerful weapon that we can use anytime, it is a weapon that Jesus used. He set the example for us to follow. With prayer, we can we, we not only get the protection we need, but we can also gain strength to fight the devil's fiery darts and live for our Savior. I have a question for you guys. Are you guys wearing the armor of God, the spiritual armor tonight, all of it? If not, be sure to put on the whole armor of God so, you, so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, just thank you for... Giving me the words to say, Lord, I hope some, but all these people got something out of it. And if someone here don't know them as their Savior, Lord, just want to help them call upon your name, Lord, and make that decision tonight, Lord. We love you, Lord, in your name. Amen.
0: Thank you, Wyatt. Before we hear our final preacher, uh, we're going to all stand together and sing one verse of I'd Rather Have Jesus, just to kind of get the legs, uh, the blood flowing a little bit, and I'm excited to hear what Jacob has to say after. Let's just sing the first verse and the chorus of I'd Rather Have Jesus. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. Had the privilege of knowing Jacob Belt for the past for his junior and senior year. He's a very intelligent young man. Uh, he's already done um, much of his college uh, training online. He's not even graduated from high school yet. And the thing I appreciate about Jacob is his sensitivity towards the will of God. And he's been looking at different colleges to go to and uh, just asking a lot of different questions to myself, to Pastor Bruce, to his parents. And I know that his parents absolutely want what's best for him. And I know that Jacob wants to be in the will of God more than anything else. So, Jacob, we look forward to hearing what you have to preach for us, to us.
3: Hi, Mom. I'm on stage. (laughs) Um, The name of my message is titled, God's Will for Our Lives. Everyone has their own idea of success and what they think the will for their lives is in their own eyes, but that's not necessarily what God wants for them or what God's will for their lives is. The uh, first point that I have is purpose. God has a purpose for every one of us. The first verse that we'll be looking at is Psalms 139 verses 13 through 14. The Lord knew us. Before we were even born, when we were in our mother's womb, and he had a will for us. Psalms Psalms 139, verse 13 through 14 says, For thou hast possessed my reins. Reins here, talking about the will for our lives. He's, he's possessed the will for our lives, guiding it. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. And that my soul knoweth right well. But not only is our purpose, not only does God have a purpose for us, but that purpose that he has for us aligns with his purpose and his will. Romans eight twenty-eight says, And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. All things will work together for our good when we follow him. Even though we have a purpose, we can choose not to follow that purpose. That leads me to my next point, punishment. There will be consequences when we disobey. This can be seen in many stories in the Bible, but the first story is the story of Saul in the Old Old Testament. And the verses that we'll be looking at for that is 1 Samuel 13, verses 13 through 14. Saul was ordained by God and called by God to, be, to lead the Israelites and to be king over them. But after God gave him clear instructions to wipe out the Amalekites and not leave any left, he thought it was best that he left some of them alive and some of the animals to do with what he thought was best. And in 1 Samuel 13, 13-14 it says immediately after this, And and Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now that thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people. Because thou hast not kept which the Lord commanded thee. Immediately after he did that, God told him that he will no longer be, he will no longer reign over Israel. That was his punishment for that. The next story is the story of the Israelites' journey to the promised land. Moses brought the Israelites out of bondage and out of slavery and brought them towards the promised land, which he had promised to them. But the Israelites were They didn't... They were... Stubborn, yeah. Thank you. It's hot up here. They were stubborn and they wanted to do things their own way and began not waiting on God's time and making altars and idols of their own but God was angry with them and in numbers 32:13 it says and God's anger was kindled against Israel and he made them wander in the desert 40 or in the wilderness 40 years until all the generations that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was consumed so that was their punishment they were detoured off of what their path was supposed to be 40 years in the wilderness until that generation had died And then they eventually came back to the will that God had for the Israelites. Proverbs 3.12 says, For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. So the Lord is correcting us, not because he wants to see us hurt or in pain, but he wants to bring us back to the will for our lives that he has set for us. That leads me to my next point, path, the path. We can always come back to the path God has laid out for us in order to fulfill our purpose. But if we avoid straying from it, there will be a lot less punishment. And this, can, this point can be clearly seen in the uh, story of Jonah. So let's pretend that this isle is God's will for our lives or for Jonah's life. And God wanted Jonah to... Go to Nineveh and cry out to them so that they would repent and come to God. And let's say this isle is what Jonah wanted to do or what we want to do. Jonah was given these clear instructions, but without even thinking, without him saying anything, he immediately fled and did what he thought he wanted to do and came down his, his path that he thought was best for him. But God redirected his path to his path that God had set out for him. But that path was hard. He had to climb. It was hard. He was swallowed by a whale. He <laughs> but he eventually came back to the path to Nineveh. And cried out to them. And they repented. So no matter if we what we do, we try to do everything our own way, we can always come back to the path that God has for us. Proverbs 1532 says, He that refuseth instruction despises his own soul, but he that heareth reproof gets understanding. So we'll get understanding, and we will become wiser from obeying him. If we follow the Lord, we will gain wisdom from it. And the last, and that leads me to my last point, is the promise. We will be blessed when we walk the path of that the Lord has for us. And that can, my favorite verse, or chapter of the Bible about that is Psalms 1. <clears throat> Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. So as I conclude, I'd like to leave you with one question. Have you strained from the path that God has for your life? And if so, I urge you to come back. The road may be hard, but you can always come back to the path that God has laid out for you. Lord, just thank you for this time we have here. I just hope that you... Prick every single heart in here about the path that you have for them and just make that abundantly clear and help them, if they have strain, to come back to it. We thank you for giving us wisdom and strength when we fail and just giving us guidance in everything we do. Thank you for just a wonderful evening here and the messages that you have given to us. Jesus' name we pray.
0: We heard three solid Bible messages, and now is our chance to respond to them. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, would you please stand to your feet? We heard a message from James about seeking God first. Is there anything in your life that you're putting above God? And from Wyatt, we heard about the armor of God, being intentional about every day putting on the armor of God. I wonder, is your armor on right now? And the last message about God's will, there's always a way back to God's will, though it might be hard, but it's much safer and better for you to be in God's will than to stray and do your own thing. As the music begins to play, if the Lord has spoken to your heart, I encourage you to come and bend a knee at the altar and respond to what God has spoken to you about tonight.